0: Protecting students and teachers when they step into school is priority number one. On School Safety Today, a podcast from Raptor Technologies, we'll bring you the technologies and leadership that protects over 35,000 schools across the United States. Welcome to this episode of School Safety Today. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, And today, my guest is Frank Kitsero, retired chief of police and district security for Palm Beach County School District. He's a school safety specialist and president of Legacy Leadership Consulting. Frank, welcome.
1: Thank you, Shelby. I appreciate you having me today.
0: Well, you know the COVID-19 pandemic has really presented many academic and school safety challenges, but the next big challenge is going to be uh, what to expect when students, uh, you know faculty and staff all come back to, to school campuses and they start interacting with each other you know really after after a long time being apart. So uh, what strategies? should school district leadership be implementing that can help them navigate uh, what's surely going to be an unprecedented school safety uh, hurdle during the next year?
1: Yeah, so the first thing I would say is, um, you know, school districts in general have been doing a really great job navigating through the pandemic challenges. So they should be fairly confident on their skills and abilities. And as you're moving forward, there's a lot of questions out there. I mean, there's a lot of excitement about kids coming back to campus, getting back to normal, uh, or some new normal, if you will. Uh, but also uh, the the, um, the challenges associated with safety. Still, a lot of questions. You know, what to expect. You know, our students, our children, have been quarantined for a year. They've been, you know, not in large groups and, you know, life in general for them has changed. And so, you know, my advice to, you know, to most school districts, those that are preparing, is to pay attention to your communities. All of our schools are microcosms of our communities. And you know, one of the things I learned as a school police chief, well, first I learned this as a local police chief, when schools let out I could uh, almost, to a T, tell you what specific calls for service were going to go up, you know, because now we're going to have all these kids loose in the community. And when I became a school police chief, what I found was just watch the news and pay attention to what's happening in your community, and you can get a feel for probably what's coming into your schools over the next, uh, you know, day or two, a week or so. Now. You know, from a negative perspective, as we see gun violence and all the things, you know, happening in our society now, it's not unrealistic to expect that, you know, we can see some pretty significant safety challenges moving forward.
0: Well, you know, as a a school police chief, uh, you established a a school safety ecosystem for uh, your district there in Palm Beach County. Uh, What does that mean? And I guess what are some of the components um, included in this school safety ecosystem?
1: So school safety is not, everybody thinks of school safety as, you know, putting a school, poli- putting a police officer bus loop, and it's much more than that. It's actually a 24-hour-a-day operation, um, you know, round the clock. And so in the, in the school safety ecosystem, you know, one of our main components that we have is working to what we call the left of the X, and the X being a day, a catastrophic event occurs, and we want to do everything that we can to keep that from happening. So we spend a great deal of time in the prevention, intervention, and diversion arenas so that if we can get out in front of things, identify a particular grievance, stop a potential attack before it happens, we save all those lives um, you know, for the children in school. And so that is a 24-hour day operation. Uh, If, and you hope you never have to, but if the catastrophic day comes calling for you and you have to open that toolbox, you want a really robust toolbox so that, you know, you can respond very, very quickly. Because one thing to consider is time is not your friend when you're in that environment. And so the things that you do ahead of time are really, really important. It's like having a bank account. So, in that toolbox, we look at things like safety and security and unified uh, command and reunification, you know, and and all those types of things technology, software, you know, all the things that will help you uh, if you have to open that toolbox to be efficient and effective, you know, and be able to respond to whatever that threat is quickly and isolate, neutralize, or eliminate that threat. And so um, you know that's why the the technology pieces are so important, and probably one of the biggest, heaviest lifts is this whole reunification piece. If you think about it, you know many high schools have three thousand students or so in them, uh, or many of the Palm Beach County schools did. And so if you get a crisis, you've got three thousand students in a crisis. Hmm. If you have each of them has one parent, that's six thousand people. Most of them have two. That's 9,000 people. And then you got staff. That's 10,000 people in a crisis. And just this one element alone, you have to match every student with every parent uh, and do it efficiently and effectively. There's no room for error. And uh, you can't be victimized by human trafficking or abduction cases or parental abductions. And all those things come into play that most people don't think about and that's one of the great things about the um the raptor technology software on the uh, on the emergency management and reunification it helps you manage that and uh and I tell you it's a tall order when that day comes calling for you
0: well you're right uh the uh, human trafficking and, and parental uh, kidnapping element that's something that yeah I I've, you know I think a lot of us hadn't realized is is an issue and so certainly technology uh, plays a, a big role in that um, I want to come back to the role of technology but uh, you know when we're looking at these uh, targeted acts of violence and emergency situations I mean you, you mentioned you know the, of course they happen quickly and unexpectedly Um and there's a lot of things that school district leaders can do now to uh, really prepare themselves ahead of time, like you said, left of the X. So how important is it uh, to have a really robust communication process? and and I guess what role does situational awareness play for uh, for the school superintendent and leaders during a school crisis?
1: So your, your communication process is absolutely essential. And you think about it, you have to be able to communicate with your key stakeholders in emergency, but equally important, you have to be able to uh, communicate with your parents, you know, the students, uh, you, know, this, this, you know, when you get to these types of events, these are um, probably one of the most critical days of their lives. And so it's important upfront to make sure you have a good plan, know how you communicate, make sure your parents are educated about how the communication process, you know, we all are school safety. It takes all of us. And if you take the time in your planning to include the parents, um, I think you'll find the back end of that much more um uh, manageable. The same thing is true uh, with you know first responders communication. And one of the things we did in Palm Beach County was we developed the uh, the what we call the ASHA policy, the Active Shooter Hostile Event Response Plan. And I, and I tell you, I was really proud of my colleagues. We had every law enforcement agency, every fire department, fire rescue. We even had trauma centers. Um, we had the sheriff's department on board, and uh, and we sat down and it took us almost a year and we agreed ahead of time if this ever happens to us this is what we're going to do first this is what we do second this is who's in charge of what this is how we communicate and those types of things and the other thing i would recommend for school districts and this worked really well for us in palm beach county is is find a place we used to call it the tactical operations center where we would bring all the, in all the different feeds from you know the different uh areas of the school district Cameras in the schools, cameras on buses. If you have that, all that kind of uh, all that kind of important information that is generally fragmented in the school district. If you bring it to one central location, and you have strong policies, and you train, and you have efficient communication, um, you know abilities. You know, if that catastrophic event comes calling for you, and people like the superintendent, who are really going to be making um, life and death decisions at that point. Um, along with the incident command team, um, you have to have knowledge. You have to have situational awareness. What's happening? What do we know? How many children are in our school? Where are they? What's the situation? How many is there an attacker? Is he armed? Uh, you know. And so, um, again, time is not the is not our friend in that environment. And so, it's important for school districts to think about this. And if I was a superintendent out there right now, I would think about how would I handle this. What information do I need to have to make informed decisions, and uh, and what inf- what processes need to be put in place to ensure that we can handle these things efficiently and effectively? I know that's a long answer, but quite frankly, that's really a short answer when you think about all the things that have to be done.
0: Right, right. Well, and, and that's just from the superintendent and and you know district leadership level. Uh, when you think about uh, within the schools themselves, uh, you know what actions should school safety um, leadership be taking to prepare teachers and staff uh, for navigating a catastrophic event and I guess uh, what resources uh, you know should be available to assist them uh, you know before the event uh, during and after
1: that's really a, a great question so these are the folks that are on the front line and it's important when you are taking the time to build these plans that you, be there to answer questions. You establish strong policies. You explain things, how things work, what happens around them. You know, as I teach um, you know, some of the principals and, and, um, and teachers in the Palm Beach County School District, I want them to know when you're locked down in the classroom, what is happening around you? You are the, the center of attention. This is what's going on. So when you're in that classroom and you're in a lockdown uh, and you got the lights off and the windows, you know, and doors shaded, you know, it's dark. You're quiet. Seconds seem like minutes. Minutes seem like hours. And hours seem like days. And you have to help those that are in charge and even the students navigate uh, the challenges there. And so, um, so it's important up front to build those plans, practice those plans, Mm -hmm. make sure everybody's well-versed, you know, because it's, again, I come back to the bank account scenario. What you invest in on the front end is what you're gonna take out on the the back end. You know, and I came back to the technology piece, you know, we talked about that a little bit ago, but that's one of the other great things about the Raptor Emergency Management software is now you have the opportunity to communicate with those teachers and communicate with those principals that are in lockdown. And you can keep them uh, up to date on your plans while uh, you're still working to isolate or uh, neutralize or eliminate whatever the threat is.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that technology, okay. because I think, you know, for uh, for parents maybe that have had some interaction with, you know, with the Raptor technology, it's just been a matter of, you know, handing over your, your driver's license and, and getting that print out. But uh, how does that work to communicate with teachers and keep everybody abreast of what's happening?
1: So, you know, as I mentioned before, school safety is it's it's not just one component. You know, there are many components. We talked about prevention, intervention, and diversion, safety, security, reunification, unified command, all those things, technology. And and what's really important, what's very, very important is that if you have a catastrophic event that occurs on your campus, you have to be organized. You have to know who is where, who, you know, what their conditions are, who's on your campus. Uh, each of these campuses are like, you know, little cities. You know, we have 180 schools, 87 schools in Palm Beach County. And I say I work for 187 different mayors um, because each school has its own unique personality. And when a crisis occurs, it's important for that principal. It's important for the first responders, the school police officer or school resource officer on the campus uh, to know who is on that campus and where they are and what their purposes are. And it's not always just about a catastrophic event. Remember, our job is to protect our children every day, every day. And it's not always a catastrophic event. It could be a number of things. And that's why it's so important to know who is on your campus. And so the technology brings us from that piece and helps us secure the perimeter, if you will, and helps us navigate safety throughout the course of the day. You know, and get students home safely in the afternoon. But if the unthinkable happens, it'll prove to be a valuable resource.
0: Well, you know, technology is, uh, you know, is exactly what we're talking about today, and uh, providing a safe and, and secure environment for school children uh, that is very complex. Um, so we've been talking about the role that technology plays in the school of uh, in the world of school safety. But uh, what should school district leaders? consider when um, when evaluating the implementation of technology into their own school ecosystem?
1: Um, That's really a great question. So I would start with first thing is take inventory. It's never a one size fits all. Take inventory of what you have now, what's working for you. Are you using it to the best of your ability? And then then when you take that inventory, start thinking about the potential scenarios uh, that could happen to you. Literally, just watch the news and uh, and think. Of, you know, ask yourself a simple question: If that happened here, would I know how to handle it? Would that happen here? Would I know how to? Would I be prepared? If that happened here, do we have the resources to navigate that? If that happened here, can I save the most lives, as many lives as I can possibly save? And uh, and you start there with that inventory. And then once you find you you know that's ultimately going to lead you to uh, the pluses and the minuses. And then the next thing you really need to think about is, okay, if I wanna go, if I wanna become better at school safety and security, who do I need to collaborate with? Who are my key stakeholders? Who should I be reaching out to? How can they help me? You know, and paint a picture, what's your desired outcome? This is what we're looking to accomplish in safety in our school district. It is never one size fits all, but it starts with an inventory. And if I as a superintendent, as uh, many of my colleagues at a school police chief will tell you, um, begin with that, and make sure that you're including all the key stakeholders that you possibly can uh, can have uh, on board, and and know and know who they are. Maintain contact, train together. Um, it'll make a big difference.
0: Well, as the country struggles to really define the role of law enforcement, some school districts uh, have been removing police officers uh, from their school campuses. So, uh, I imagine you've got some uh, some opinions and thoughts, uh, you know, regarding the role the role of police officers on campus. Um, Will you share some of your insight uh, on the role that police officers on campus have and, and I guess the impact they can have on, on students, teachers and, and, uh, and the entire school ecosystem?
1: So, uh, so I, as I, I've mentioned earlier, I, you know, I've been in this business 42 years and uh, 18 years as a police chief, 15 as a local police chief and three as a police chief in the school district. And I can tell you policing in the school district is very, very, very different. The approach is different. The training's different. And for those uh, um, school districts like Palm Beach County that are fortunate to have their own school-based police department, um, you're, you're able to integrate in with the district team. And so your approach is different. And so uh, what we have to be careful about when we're making these decisions is just lumping, the, you know, or putting the word police and thinking we understand all, uh, you know, everything that is related to, uh, to school safety. I'll give you an example. So just a small scenario. You know, if you if you have a student acting up in an environment, say a classroom, to the extent that the police have to become involved, you know, traditional law enforcement would probably, not always, but probably go in and attempt to remove that student that's causing the trouble. In many cases, that student probably doesn't want to go. And so the situation is going to escalate. In the end, law enforcement will take care of what they need to take care of. Um, But that student now could be facing you know, resisting arrest, assault on a police officer. Those are uh, things that can alter an entire life for that student moving forward. Now, you take two school-based police officers, you put them in the same environment, and more often than not, what they will do is, uh, they'll remove the rest of the environment. Instead of going right to that one student, they'll remove the rest of the classroom out and the teacher out. And then, Attempt to de-escalate and have a conversation with these with the student, and and I can tell you, especially in a high school setting, it's amazing to me when you come in and you see some of these students, and they, you know, they're pretty big, especially the you know the the uh, the uh, male students, and so you know you look at them and you think you're talking to a grown man. Uh, but you're talking to a child, you're talking to a young person, you know, and I'm not an expert, but it's been told to me that, you know, their frontal lobe is not fully developed. And so you've got to, they don't think the same way that we do. So now picture this. So the officers go in, they remove all of the stimulus, de-escalate, de-escalate, get that student to sit down and say, okay, what's causing all this today? Why are we here? And in many cases, what we find out is the student is homeless. They haven't eaten. Um, You know, there's some kind of family trouble and whatever it is. And then we're able to wrap the resources around that student to help them become successful and really, um, you know, not endure a, um, you know, a charge for, you know, a potential felony or misdemeanor. And so, um, you know, we hear the terminology, you know, the school to prison pipeline. um, But I really, honestly and truly, when I see the way school police officers work. That is not the case in, uh, in the majority of times, at least in the Palm Beach County school district.
0: Explain that term. I'm not familiar with it.
1: <laughs> the school to prison. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a general thought out there that, you know, if you put police officers on the campus, that they're more likely to see criminal violations and then therefore uh, more likely to arrest a student and then put them into the criminal justice system. Um, you know, and that that's, Typically, how local policing will work, you know, it's a different type of policing. But in school-based policing with the school police department, um, you know, that's not what happens. You got to remember, when you have your own school police department, like uh, in Palm Beach County, you know, we work for the school board. We work for the school district. We work for the superintendent. We work with the principals. We, you know, we're part of that team. And so the approach is different. The training's different. You know, we're not somebody coming in from the outside. And so it's our job to do everything that we can to make those students successful and provide them with a safe and secure environment.
0: Definitely. Well, you know, in that example, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, removing all of that stimulus and and really getting down to what uh, what the student's issue is. And a lot of times it uh, it has to do with, you know, with home issues, with uh, maybe mental health. And so. uh, When we look at uh, the role that mental health professionals play in uh, the overall safety of students, um, can you uh, speak to to that, uh, I guess, that, that idea that uh, having mental health and having those discussions is important? And, and, you know, do you think it's important for law enforcement and, and mental health workers to really collaborate uh, in this regard and, and, uh, and work together for students?
1: Yeah, I think it's absolutely 100% critical that uh, mental health professionals and law enforcement combine their resources and do the things that need to be done for our students. You know, we see this now on a national level. Um, I can tell you in Palm Beach County, what what I did was establish what we call a behavioral services unit. And we actually have detectives paired with mental health workers. And so, um, you know, you can alleviate a lot of the lower level issues at schools, um, you know, by providing support to the student. But let's just look at it from a threat assessment perspective. And so, um, you know, we have a, a, a person out there, in many cases, a student threatening to, you know, uh, do bodily harm, commit a targeted act of violence at a school. And so we need to get there and we need to get to that student and we need to prevent that from happening very quickly. Well, as an old saying in police work is you're never going to rest your way out of a problem. It's just not mm-hmm. going to happen. And so by partnering with law enforcement, folks can do the the law enforcement pieces. And then the mental health professionals focus on the person or the student. And so uh, one thing I've learned uh, over time here is everyone goes through what they call a pathway to violence. You know, you just don't set out the door one day and, you know, go down and, and commit a targeted act of violence at a school. And it all begins with a grievance. and We all have grievances. So the challenge we have is if we can get to a point where, you know, we have our mental health professionals can get to the grievance, identify what it is, help to minimize it. You know, the, the desired outcome is that, you know, maybe that attack never happens ever, as opposed to just arresting someone and putting them in jail, and then eventually they get out, and then what have we done? Uh, we've made it even worse. Now I'm not saying be soft on this by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, if, if, but our desired outcome is, you know, to protect all of our students every day, um, then we have to be creative. And I think the relationship between law enforcement and mental health workers is absolutely essential. And I'm so glad to see that conversation happening on a national level.
0: Well that's interesting uh, pairing detectives with mental health professionals because uh, I think there's uh, a lot to be learned there I mean uh, just from the you know the police officer standpoint being able to to have that resource to have an insight into maybe why certain uh, behaviors occur uh, also you know kind of seeing a, a cause and effect that maybe the symptom is this this and this that's what they're seeing in the student but what that could really signal is this this and this, like having that uh, that relationship and that collaboration, that, that's important, right?
1: It's very, very important. And, it, and again, you know, this goes back to relationships with the police and our students and having our law enforcement officers, our school-based police officers on campus. Um, you know, uh, it, it, these officers, and I can tell you myself included, uh, we value every single relationship on that campus. And if we can do things to help you know, uh, keep all the rest of the students safe and to be able to uh, assist, you know, others to become successful in life. That's really our job. I mean, that, that's that's really what we should be doing. And this partnership with mental health professionals and their perspectives, um, I tell you, it's nothing short of remarkable. I can spend a half hour just giving you examples of how successful that is, that, you know, and they're, de- they're just as dedicated as the law enforcement officers are. Right,
0: and so it's right. really a
1: great partnership.
0: I think you're right. I think that would make a, a really interesting topic talking about those uh, those collaborations between mental health professionals and uh, police officers. Uh, but you know, speaking of relationships and collaboration, uh, you know, from a school safety perspective, how do school districts or how do school leaders go about determining who to collaborate with, and and uh, even identifying those current and and potential key stakeholders? And uh, how can, this, how can these, these relationships and this collaboration uh, really uh, help, I guess, solidify a school safety's ecosystem?
1: So that, that's one of the things that I really uh, concerns me about removing police officers from schools. So let's think this all the way through. Hopefully, you know, now you broadcast that you're vulnerable. And, uh, and so let's say you have a catastrophic event on your campus. Who do you think is coming? It's the people that you just took off your campus, and if you don't have a relationship with those folks, and we're talking about communication processes, and you know, and prevention, intervention, and diversion, and all that, if you don't have a relationship with your first responders, um, there's some pretty big consequences for that on the back end. Because think about it from a superintendent's perspective, a school board member's perspective. Um, you know, you need information at a critical time. Who's going to give it to you? You have no relationship with folks to get that information. And so as you're thinking about who your key stakeholders are, you know, consider where you are uh, in the environment. Now, on the front end, you want to have a really strong relationship, uh, we talked about, with mental health workers. But if you have to open the toolbox, you want to make sure you have a strong relationship with your law enforcement leadership, you know, your law enforcement agencies, fire rescue, you know, just think about where you are in the process And who would I need? Picture yourself actually doing it. If I'm a superintendent, I'm in the Tactical Operations Center and I need information, who am I gonna turn to to get that information? And if there's no one there, you're not getting the information.
0: Well, as we start to wrap up this episode of School Safety today, um, I guess, Frank, if you were to uh, convey one key um, point, for our listeners something that you really want our listeners to understand about school safety what would that be
1: I would say in a nutshell we are all school safety and uh, school safety belongs to all of us parents teachers students you know first responders principals school board members superintendents I probably shouldn't go down the list cuz I'll leave <laughs> someone out but but we are all school safety it belongs to all of us you know and so you know we've got to work together we have to find a way and drawing divides is is not going to solve the issue. Our children are coming back; they're coming back to these campuses. And um, and you know who knows what we're going to face in just a few short months. Listen, this is not far; we're talking about the very near future. Now is the time to get prepared. But my final thought would be hashtag We Are All School Safety.
0: Excellent points. Well, that does it for this episode of School Safety today. Frank Frank, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Shelby. I really appreciate it's a great opportunity and you know and uh, and I hope we've ab- we've been able to get a few points out to folks that maybe causes them to think a little bit and, uh, and and you know and maybe take a step up in the in the school safety world.
0: Definitely. Well, and thank you, listeners for tuning in to this episode. I really appreciate all of your time. Hope you learned something. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skurhawk.